Welcome back to the Health Call Radio Hour. If you've got a question, you don't have to give blood to get the answer. Just drop us a line on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. That's healthcall.live. Or message us on the Health Call Facebook page. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back. Let's talk about fat. Yes, body fat. You know, it's something we all have. It's very natural and we all need some. But there's one type of fat you want to have less of. It's called visceral fat. Now, why is it bad and where does it come from? We'll get to all of that in just a minute. First, let's zero in on the latest research showing the very complex relationship between hormones and how our bodies produce and store fat. Leptin, insulin, ghrelin, cortisol, estrogen, testosterone, they're all involved in how our bodies metabolize and store fat. We're learning that too much of this visceral fat has an unusual ability to throw this complex hormonal cocktail way out of whack. Let's learn more by talking with Dr. Steve Herman, PhD. He's Vice President of Innovation and Research at Profile Plan, a weight loss program developed by Sanford Health. First up, just what the heck is this visceral fat? Yeah, yeah, great question, Lee. Uh, So visceral fat is the fat that most people don't notice. Uh, Most people are worried about uh, the external subcutaneous fat, and that's the fat that people stress about, worry about, that's on the outside of their body, just underneath the skin. Visceral fat's different. Visceral fat is the fat that's found in your abdomen, and it surrounds your, your organs. Yeah, so the fat that you can pinch and feel, that's that's the subcutaneous fat. And and while you don't want a lot of it, it's not as bad for you as visceral fat. So let's what is there about visceral fat that makes it some people even call it vicious fat? Yeah. So so what what researchers found, um, you know, historically they thought all all fat's fat. Um and in probably about the nineties, they started to realize that that fat cells are actually uh more like the endocrine system, they're, they're, they provide or produce hormones uh, and proteins that, that affect your body in different ways. And, and so they're, they're metabolically active, and, and, and this was something new. And, and so the secretion of those hormones and proteins are linked to uh, inflammation in the body, um, insulin resistance as a precursor to diabetes, and, and a host of other negative health conditions. Yeah, that list uh, that list is long. It includes heart disease, high blood pressure. There's some indication that cancer and even dementia are all linked to inflammation that can be tied back to some degree to visceral fat. So yeah, there's a lot of good reasons not to want to have it. How can I tell whether I have an accumulation of visceral fat? Yeah, so so it's difficult to see. Um, and, and this is one of the things that the most accurate way to measure this is, is through a DEXA scan, CT scan, MRI, uh, where, where, uh, we can actually see inside of your body and when we can see inside of your body, we can measure it. We can observe changes over time, um, to understand if it's, if it's a condition that's worsening without that, uh, to do our best to measure it, it would be monitoring things like waist circumference, uh, it, where, where uh, fat is stored around the midsection or, or what's referred to as abdominal obesity and, and monitoring changes there as well. Uh, 
The other thing that that some uh, clinicians and, and researchers will look at is a, a ratio of waist circumference compared to something like your BMI or your your body mass index. And and having a higher waist circumference relative to a BMI could be an indicator uh, of of more uh, visceral fat. But that that ratio of visceral to subcutaneous fat is something like ninety percent of the fat in your body is is subcutaneous, and, and about ten percent of that fat that that could cause some problems is is visceral fat. So I have read that um, if if your belly it protrudes, the the common beer belly as we've often heard of it referenced, and you and you can thump it and it sounds firm like a watermelon, that's that's a worrisome sign. Yes. So there, there's some, some uh, thought behind that. And, and that subcutaneous fat, like you mentioned, is, is usually a bit spongy and soft. Um, and, and when the fat, uh, visceral fat is, is, is pushing out as part of this almost apron of tissue um, that, that's inside your abdominal cavity, as that starts to push out, it can put pressure on that subcutaneous fat, uh, put pressure on, on the inside of, of your abdominal muscles, abdominal wall, that, that pushes layers and layers forward. And, and so that loss of some sponginess and springiness uh, for some could be an indicator of, uh, of a problem underneath. So this fat, this is the visceral fat we're talking about, surrounds the organs in your uh, abdomen. So your intestines, your liver, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and some of that is normal. But when it gets out of whack, let's talk about how that can influence. Uh, you mentioned earlier, it's hormonally active. What's going on there? Yeah, and so like you said, a lot of it's normal. And fat in your body in, is is healthy and normal. Uh, the fat serves a lot of purposes, everything from protecting those organs and protecting your your body um, to storing some extra calories when you need it. Uh, and so. When you start taking on excessive calories, those calories get converted into uh, triglycerides and, and that's stored in fat tissue. And then hopefully it's used for energy. But when you're taking in more calories than you're burning, it gets stored for longer periods of time. And, and, and so then as your body starts to produce more and more of, uh, of these hormones and, and uh, proteins that act to... Uh, like a, a precursor to angiostensin, like you mentioned, it increases blood pressure. So it actually can harden your, your arteries and blood vessels, which then uh, causes increase in, in blood pressure. And so that's what happens when it starts to get an excessive amount or an excess amount, it starts to have those negative effects. So is there a link between foods I'm eating, specific foods and the accumulation of this visceral fat, or is it just a matter of calories in, calories out? Yeah, you know, we, we want people to focus on a broadly healthy, healthy meal plan, healthy diet that includes fruits and vegetables, uh, because there's a number of benefits from from those types of things. Uh, it, but one of the really important links, actually, is is exercise, and and so some research actually shows that exercise can provide a, a bigger impact in reducing visceral fat. Uh, than dietary changes. But we don't want to just do one or the other. So we want to combat it with both, right? We want to increase our exercise or activity to a, a healthy level. And the guidelines say, uh, you know, targeting 150 minutes a week or more of, of moderate intensity exercise, a couple of days a week of some resistance training or strength training, lifting weights to, to strengthen our muscles. 
and then match that with a, a healthy diet of fruits and veggies and, and avoiding that excess in calories that has the trickle down uh, I- impact of, of increased fat storage, which uh, leads to the things that we just talked about. Again, that is Dr. Stephen Herman from Sanford Health Systems. There's a hormone called leptin that seems to be playing a big role here. Leptin is released by fat cells and acts on the hypothalamus in the brain. It says, put down the fork, you've had enough. So the problem is excessive visceral fat seems to flood the body with leptin. And researchers think your brain gets to the point where it just no longer listens. That natural signal that you've eaten enough gets suppressed. And because chocolate cake is always delicious, well, you dive right on in. It's not just food that contributes to visceral fat. Alcohol is packed with calories. But when it comes to vicious fat, a study I found in the Obesity Science and Practice Journal shows the type of alcohol you enjoy makes a difference. Beer and distilled spirits are more strongly linked to elevated levels of visceral fat. But drinking red wine shows no increase in this harmful fat, and it may even be protective. Now, don't get me wrong, not saying here that red wine is a treatment for visceral fat, but it's just less likely to create it. So maybe that whole thing about the beer belly is real. Okay, well, enough of that. What can you do to lose or prevent visceral fat? That is coming up. But if you have to run, no worries. Catch up with us on the podcast version of today's broadcast. It's out there on all the major services. Or you can drop by the Health Call website, healthcall.live, and watch the video version of today's interview. Hey, and while you're on the website, sign up for our mailing list. I'll send you one email per week, just one, with a preview of what's on the broadcast coming up. But I hope you can stay close to the radio today because we are back in just a minute with more of the Health Call Radio Hour. This is the Health Call Radio Hour, where treatments are always free, the stethoscope is never cold, and you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back. Today, we are talking about a topic that's gaining a lot of attention in the health and fitness world. It is visceral fat, hormonally active fat you store inside your abdomen linked to a variety of conditions, including low testosterone. Research suggests testosterone plays a key role in regulating where you accumulate fat distribution in the body. In particular, It seems to have an impact on this visceral fat around your abdominal organs. A recent study in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism found low testosterone in men is associated with an increase in visceral fat. In other words, men with lower testosterone levels have more deep belly fat. When testosterone is low, enzymes become more active, leading to an increase in visceral fat. So it becomes a vicious cycle because the more visceral fat you have, the more likely you are to have insulin resistance, which makes it harder to turn off the belly fat. Maddening, isn't it? So all of that brings us back to Dr. Stephen Herman from Sanford Health. They've developed Profile Plan, a personalized nutrition and activity program that supplies coaching to help you fight this vicious fat. Uh, you can't do everything uh, and you can't do everything at once. It's really challenging and, and you might set yourself up for failure or disappointment when all of those things don't happen. So we always encourage people to start small, right? Start focusing on some of the behaviors that if 
you're like the the typical American. Uh, you're only eating about you know one serving to two servings of vegetables a day. Only one in ten uh, Americans get enough vegetables in their diet. Start there. Um, there's a lot of ways that we can make vegetables taste good uh, and help you in, increase your vegetable intake. But start with those small things. Build exercise as a habit. Build it into your daily and weekly routine. And then you can start increasing uh, to those those higher levels. And and one of the things that that I, I think causes the most problem is that people try to do this on their own. Um, it's really difficult to do this on their own. There's a ton of information out there. There's a ton of misinformation out there. And and so uh, a health coaching model is something that's been really really effective, um, well studied over the last several years. And having a health coach to help navigate these challenges with you. Uh, can be important. They can identify uh, behaviors uh, that we can focus on. They can help manage what things we do in what order, and and they can help you know sort of weed your way through the noise of misinformation out there to keep you on track. Do we want to eliminate or minimize carbohydrates and fats? Do we want to think about those separately as we're trying to change our diet as it's focused on visceral fat? Yeah. So I, I think there's this this old way of thinking that. Um, you know, having fat in your diet is going to cause you to become fat. It, and, and, and that's not true. Uh, we know that dietary fat isn't, isn't the, the primary link to fat storage in the body. And that does come from excess calories. And so when we're looking at things, we don't necessarily want to eliminate anything from someone's diet. Uh, sometimes that, that over-restricting, whether it's certain foods, like if you, you like to have a, a cupcake, we can talk about how to have a cupcake and really enjoy the experience and make sure that it's not happening every single day of the week. Uh, but we don't want to be too restrictive. There are some some strategies of uh, of working with uh, lower uh, fat diets and lower carb diets for different reasons. And so lowering fat intake can be a good way of decreasing calories because fat has more calories per gram than, than protein and carbohydrates. Um, reducing carbohydrates has some additional benefits of managing blood sugar, um, feeling a fullness and satiety when you're replacing those carbohydrates with other sources. So it, it can be a benefit to, to do both. Um, and we're actually understanding a lot more about how your genetics play a role in this and, and, and trying to focus on personalized nutrition in the future to help people out. Yeah, let's go there. I want to hear more about personalized nutrition. I mean, we all know people who, you know, there's folks who can eat anything and they never seem to gain weight. And then other folks who look at a cupcake and add a pound, right? We've all heard those stories. Is that what you're talking about when the genetic differences come in? Yeah, you know, uh, obesity itself and, and, and human metabolism is incredibly complex. And we're starting to understand a lot more about genetic uh, markers, genetic risk factors, in ways that we can we can work with uh, your genetics through a nutrition plan uh, to help you achieve your goals, whether that's improving um, exercise performance or or losing weight. And and so as we get to that point, um, we're starting to understand this better. Um, health coaches can help un understand what that information means, and then you know just knowing that isn't always the most important thing. How do we execute that plan? And that's where a health coach can come in, that there's a ton of information out there, um, but executing on that is difficult. And, and that's what we see in sports, right? That's why there's coaches. There's so much you could do. How do we focus on, on doing the right things and getting feedback over and over and over again so that those small changes really add up over time? 
Okay, so let's say I'm interested in, in, in a health coaching program, which I believe is what Profile Plan is all about. Um, paint a picture for me of what that looks like. How does it work? Am I going to see somebody? Is it done over the phone or over video? How, just give me the, the rundown on what, what you're talking about there. Yep, and, and there's, there's a, a lot of companies out there. Health systems offer health coaching through registered dietitians and, and, and other forms and fashions. What, what we do is, is offer the experience really to match each person's needs. So uh, we have locations where somebody come in and, and sit down and meet face to face, you know, build a relationship uh, together and, and get to know each other, uh, all the challenges and wins and losses and uh, along the way. But we also offer a virtual experience. And, and I think that's been much more common over the past 18 to 24 months with uh, COVID and other things is that people are more comfortable uh, doing video calls like this um, having a conversation with somebody over the phone and, and learning how to build that relationship without having having to meet somebody face to face. But really, the, the outcomes in those two scenarios don't differ uh, uh, really, really much at all. Uh, it's it's really about matching the experience with the person. How do they want to receive this information? How do they want to interact with the health coach and what's going to be most effective for them? Again, that is Dr. Steve Herman from Sanford Health, creators of Profile Plan, customized programs for men and women with specific health conditions. You can find more at ProfilePlan.com. Now, look, there are lots of companies that do this, lots of coaches from different organizations and maybe even your local hospital. Many health insurance companies have coaching and wellness assistance programs because in the end, it saves everyone money. Your health insurance may cover the cost of health coaching if your doctor writes up a letter of medical necessity that verifies the health coaching, diet, or exercise treatment you want is for the specific treatment or prevention of a disease or condition and can certainly help make your expenses tax deductible as well. Changing health habits to eliminate visceral fat are not easy. There's no single diet, supplement, or magic bullet. As we grow older, our bodies change, and that means what worked for you in the past may no longer be effective. There are new weight loss medications that are showing fantastic promise, and hormone supplementation for men and women are helpful because our hormone output declines with each passing year. All those factors play a role. I've talked with hundreds of health experts for this broadcast, and they all seem to say the same thing. What you eat and how much you move is the single biggest factor that determines not only how long you're going to live, but how many of those years you'll be healthy and able to enjoy life. The changes you make today will pay off tomorrow, and it's never too late. Working to eliminate visceral fat? Man, that's a great place to start. We are out of time, but I hope you'll make time to be listening again next week when we're back with more of the Health Call Radio Hour. You've been listening to the Health Call Radio Hour. The discussion of conditions and treatments on this program is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a healthcare professional who knows you and your health needs. Find the podcast of today's episode wherever you get your podcasts or watch extended video versions of today's interviews on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. While you're there, drop us a line to ask a question or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us each week on this station for another edition of the Health Call Radio Hour.
podcast by Federated Media. Mm-hmm.